This is John Henry Weston for LifeSite News, bringing you breaking news about the FBI raid on that pro-life Catholic family with seven children. In the morning, the wee morning hour, 7 a.m. on Friday, 30 or so FBI agents showed up at their house, guns drawn, smashing on the door. And this is what we got exclusively from Ryan Marie, the mom. Uh, to our reporter, Pactor Delaney. If you go to LifeSiteNews.com, you will see the original coverage, which has now been quoted by Fox News and every major league news station out there because this was breaking news all over the weekend. Here at LifeSite News' John Henry Weston Show, we have the first interview with the family spokesman, Brian Middleton. But before we go there, a couple things. Here is what Ryan Marie told LifeSite's reporter, Patrick Delaney, on Friday, the day of the attack by the FBI. Get this. She said, before opening the door, um, her husband tried to calm the FBI agents. They're banging on the door at 7 a.m. The little kids are all there on the, on the open staircase, so they're staring at the door. She's coming down the stairs, and he says to them through the door, please, I'm going to open the door, but please, my children are in the home. I have seven babies in the house. And they just keep banging on the door and screaming. And then when he opened the door, and this is again, this is Ryan Marie, the mom, explaining to Patrick Delaney at LifeSite News, please go there to check out the full story. She explains when they opened the door, they had big, huge rifles pointed at Mark and pointed at me and kind of pointed throughout the house. And when they came in, they ordered the kids to stay upstairs and the kids were all just screaming. It was all just very scary and traumatic. And um, she, of course, asked for a warrant. They said, we're going to take him if we have a warrant or not, when she insisted, they did say that they were going to go get one. He asked for a sweater and some rosaries. When she came back with it, they had already taken him away. It's unbelievable stuff. It's an attack on freedom. We already saw the FBI raid, not only Trump's home, but pro-life activists as well. This is the John Henry Weston Show, and this is the first interview with the official family spokesman, Brian Middleton. Stay tuned. Before we begin on this blockbuster story, let me tell you to please consider making a generous gift to LifeSiteNews.com. We are getting out the news like never before. We were the first news agency to jump on this story. The exclusive interview with Ryan Marie, the Hulk mother who was confronting the FBI agents who took her husband away in front of her seven little kids. Absolutely traumatic stuff. Please consider making a gift right now at give.lifesitenews.com. Thank you. Brian Milton, thanks for being on the program. Oh, thanks for having me, John. It's a pleasure. Let's begin as we always do at the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So, Brian, things for the Hauk family are crazy right now. The first thing I think everybody wants to know is, how are they doing? They're traumatized. It's obvious that what took place, regardless of whether they were SWAT team members or not SWAT team members, a, a large group of FBI agents showed at their house at seven o'clock on Friday morning, um, armed uh, and 
and uh, with shields and and you know typical gear that you would expect and banged on the door and um sees the the, the father of that family under gunpoint in front of the children so their focus right now is trying to you know minister to their children who um you know continue to uh, have st stress related to that unbelievable and unnecessary event unbelievable i mean one of the things that uh, ryan marie the mom in the situation was so gracious to speak to life sites patrick delaney provided some details she was going to get a sweater and some rosaries for him uh, and he was already taken by the time she came back. The children screaming at this horrific thing, seven o'clock in the morning, guns pointed everywhere in the house, 30 or so officers. It's, it's an unreal situation. But where they are right now, where, you know, what happened to Mark? Where is he right now? How's, how are things that way? Obviously, what, what took place, he was released Friday afternoon at a very difficult time to find uh, any kind of professional counsel, um, you know, the, in the world that we live in, we don't have criminal defense attorneys, you know, at our fingertips. Um, you know, the thought of having them is kind of odd. So, uh, trying to put a team of experts together over the weekend has been the task uh, that that we've all been involved with. The, the small team. He's comes from a wonderful family. They've gathered around him. Uh, you know, Mark and and Ryan are, are just incredible people. And to think that this could happen. In, in in our community um, is is a difficult thing for all of us to process, frankly. The the excessive use of force to uh, a man who had already told them that when they wanted him to come in, he would come in is uh, certainly leaves you questioning, you know, what the motivation was and what the presuppositions that went into this by the people who executed on this. It's unbelievable, but the Biden FBI has acted like a Gestapo force for quite a while now. We saw it already with the arrest of Joan Andrews Bell. Similarly, with massive uh, FBI presence, we saw the same of other pro-life activists associated with her. When that went down, we then saw it at Mar-a-Lago with President Trump. So you're not, you're not, you can't escape this, even if you're the former president. It's unreal what's going on. The reality is, is that we've, we've reached a point in our time where we have to stop pretending that we don't know what it is that we know. The unthinkable has arrived at our doorsteps and we better begin to think the unthinkable. You know, I, I, for years, I would see something that was evil and I would try to rationalize it, or I would see something that was irrational and I would try to rationalize it. Well, you, you can't do that. Like you can infer motivation when you see action. Right. So there is no logical, rational reason, no good reason for this kind of excessive use of force. So that leads you to there must be ulterior motives because evil always behaves, believe it or not, logically. It, it, if it looks illogical, it's because your presuppositions are false. So let's get into this, the, the charge or the, the accusation in question. It revolves around the Federal Access to Clinic Entrances Act, which is an act of basically sort of safeguarding so-called abortuaries, which, which are killing children on the inside and people can't protest on the outside. But if you can get into us our, or into the specifics with us, please, of what happened. And, you know, it's interesting that you just quoted that act, because if this act had occurred at a soccer field or in a restaurant, uh, there would have been absolutely no consequences to it. But it but it happened to occur on the sacred ground of the progressive human secular left. 
in front of their temple of worship, impacting their sacrament. Because what took place, even if you were to accept the um, alleged victim's story, was a man was pushed. Um, but what was taking place, and for those of us who have ever been to these clinics, there's always people around trying to goad the prayer warriors into some kind of an action. And, and this was this role of this other gentleman. That was his role uh, seemed to be, uh, he's an escort, but, but he was also, um, I mean, frankly, some of these people almost appeared demonic in, in their language and their, their vile towards the prayer warriors. Um, that's kind of an editorial on my part. I mean, the, the facts of the matter as has been expressed to me because I wasn't there uh, is, is that Mark was doing his street counseling and he was with his 12 year old son, Mark, um, and this gentleman began to target young Mark, was was uh, in his face. Um, I don't know the exact words that he was using, but it was an uncomfortable experience. Uh, Big Mark uh, saw it happening, went over, and 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 with strength and, and virility, because Mark's a strong, virile guy, uh, he asked him to stop. Uh, the gentleman continued to lean in. Mark stepped between him. He continued. The guy just continued to lean in, and Mark pushed him pushed him away from his son. Now, look, between you and I, I thought Mark showed incredible restraint. I mean, who among us seeing our son verbally abused by a grown man um, wouldn't want to do more than just push him? Uh, and that's what took place. The, the, the gentleman fell down um, and uh, there was no major injury. They've talked about undisclosed medical from, I don't know this for a fact, but what I've heard is that uh, the medical procedure was a band-aid. As time goes on, you know, Mark gave his um, his ID to the civil affairs officer that was there. The, the Philadelphia police looked at it, the district attorney looked at it, the civil affairs officer looked at it, and they said, there's really nothing, nothing here. Um, there was then a private criminal complaint that, that was placed. Um, and after the gentleman who placed it failed to arrive at the courthouse on four or five different occasions, the judge dismissed that. Uh, six days later, um, Mark received a, um, a target letter um, from the, the Fed saying that he was being targeted for this federal offense. Uh, they immediately let the USDA know that they were uh, aware and that they were willing to come in at any point in time. And the next time anybody heard anything uh, from the USDA was, was on Friday morning at 7 o'clock. This is so unbelievable. You have to try and fathom what this is. So there is an altercation. First of all, Mark travels a long ways to go and do sidewalk counseling because he's a pro-life activist, in addition to being an awesome Catholic speaker at Catholic men's conferences and everywhere else. But he goes, he prayerfully counsels people to embrace life. And he takes his 12-year-old son there, and one of these older pro-abortion uh, uh, pro uh, uh, escorts, they call them, is in his face saying vile and disgusting things about his dad. And he's like right up in his face. And the dad asks him to stop. And he refuses. He continues to go after his son. So he pushes him. And yeah, he falls down, whatever. So the authorities look at this. Mark Sr., that's Mark Hauk, is willing to give his ID to the authorities submit himself to whatever. They all reject it, saying there's nothing here. And then the perpetrator, well, 
what do you want to call it, the escort, tries to bring this to a criminal court, submits it. He never even shows and it gets thrown out. Then the Department of Justice gets to Mark to say, hey, we're going to take you up on it. No problem. He says, I'm willing to come in. They don't take him up on that. They raid his home. So this is, well, it's obvious what it is. But I want to back up for a sec to get to Mark Houck, because right now people don't know much about Mark and they should. Take a look at this. This is a clip of Mark Houck interviewed on Guadalupe Radio Network, and he's talking about confronting the abortionist. He'd been waiting, even praying for years to be able to speak to the abortionist. And he does. He gets a chance. Watch this. I turn the corner to go home. And there's the abortionist at the end of the block. I've been praying for 20 wow. years for this man. And there he was. And I've been praying for 20 years that I would meet him. So I went up to him and I said to him, keep his name off the airways. But I said to him, when is this going to stop? When, when is the baby killing going to stop? And he says, keep, move on. And I said, can't we dialogue? And I had this wonderful dialogue. We talked about women. We talked about healing. We talked about babies. And we talked about Thanksgiving. And at the end of that exchange, I shared the love of Christ with him. I told him we were praying for him. And his heart softened at the end of it. And I, and I said, you know, my name is Mark. And he told me his first name. It was as if he was saying, look, I appreciate the, the extension of humanity that you, you've given to me. right?" Because we, we basically depersonalize these people. We make them out to be monsters. When in reality, this man is misguided. He has a misplaced compassion. And he doesn't know what we know. So to approach him as a baby killer, which, of course, he is, uh, to approach him as, you know, an evil person, mm. uh, he's per perpetrating evil, is, would not be the approach that Christ would take to this man, right? He's loved of God. He's still a child of God. And so I opened a door, hopefully God willing, Joe, uh, to a future conversation, maybe a meal whereby um, we can talk further about Christ and, and his plan for his life. Brian, if you could speak to that, to Mark's heart vis-a-vis -vis those on the other side, if you will, and what you've seen of Mark's pro-life sidewalk counseling. Mark is a unique person. Um, he's dedicated his life. He's basically, he and his family have turned their life into a sacred offering um, in order to help people. Um, as you know, our, our mission is given to us from God to make disciples of them all. Well, Mark is taking that way more seriously than most of us have, uh, and he's and he's totally committed um, on many scales. But they are truly, truly wonderful, warm, kind, and gentle people. Um, the you know he's been doing, I believe he's been doing the sidewalk counseling for close to eighteen years. And Mark's estimate, he he wouldn't tell me this. I had to drag it out of him, but he estimates that in the last two years, he's prevented twenty babies from being killed in an abortion clinic and probably more than 100 over the last 18 years. There's one particular story that I think is really compelling and that one day he, he had the fortune to be able to counsel a young couple who were going into the abortuary to terminate their, their child. And he was able to invite them to have a cup of coffee. Um, they, they met, uh, they decided against the abortion. Uh, they then got married. Um, they had a baby. They are an intact family. Uh, and they're one of the many families that Mark has helped that actually come to his home for dinner. Mark stays with these people. It's not, it's not just talk them out of it and then turn them back into whatever 
negative environment they came out of, he, he stays with them uh, and surrounds them with with the resources and the people that they need. It's just so unfair, you know, that such good people are being so traumatized right now. Well, there's something really neat about this. He is a true apostle for life, faith, family, and freedom. And you know what? As uh, you said to me earlier, they went after the wrong guy. They went after the wrong family. Because in this suffering that Mark and his family have to endure, I think the scales are being removed from the public's eyes. This story has already, since LifeSite News broke it on Friday, has spread all throughout the mainstream media. And it's very difficult to paint Mark in any way as a perpetrator, as an evil guy, as a whatever. His life is just an open book. Tell me about that, if you will. Yeah, well, look, I think we have to put this in the context of a bigger picture. Um, you know, we are at war. There's a battle going on between the forces of good and evil. You know, when when the human secularists basically took over all the, the institutions, they removed God from them. When you remove God from them, you, you remove truth, beauty, and and goodness, and and you replace it with lies, profanity, and uh, and evil. And and what we're beginning to see is is the manifestation of that on a, on a regular basis. Um, you know, th this this has to serve us as a wake up call. As we as we talked earlier, we can't we can no longer pretend we don't know what it is that we know. Um, this is a battle that has to be fought with great love, um, but it has to be fought. You know, I heard one time it's we have to fight with one hand and pray with the other. But but our our battle, our, our, our weapons are spiritual. This is the battle of powers and principalities. And we we as, as good Catholics can't lose sight of the approach that we have to have. You know, there's a, a need for God that's hardwired into everybody's heart, no matter where they are. And, you know, we as salespeople, as you, you know, need to sell into that and be an example of Christian joy. And, and I can guarantee you that the Halks, even, even with the duress that they're going, are, are filled with joy. You know, joy and suffering coexist. They're not opposites. Um, so I, I, I think, and, and his whole extended family, by the way. I mean, if you ever have an opportunity to meet the extended family, they're, they're just great people who I, I almost believe that God has chosen them, you know, for this challenge uh, to be an example for other people. So I mean, if we keep an eye on Mark and the family, I think we're, we're going to be able to see Persona Christi in them. They have a lot to be proud of. I can only imagine if Mark is in my family. What's the takeaway here uh, that people should go away with now? How can they help the family? There is a a, a website that's set up a send, send. what is it? You, you probably know it. Give, send, go. Give, send, go that, that's set up. Um, the, the number one thing is, is that we need prayer. That's not the least you can do. That's the most that you can do. Um, I know our families have benefited from the prayers of thousands when we went through difficult time, John Henry, and, I, and, and that's what we need first and foremost. I, um, it's the, the Thomas More Society has stepped in, so that's going to be a, a huge help for the family. But if you can go to the, that um, website and, and anything that you can donate would be helpful. Um, but the, the big thing is, look, we have to wake up. You know, we, it's time for us to bring Christ into the public square. He's been eliminated during our watch while we were busy raising our families and running our businesses. Um, this is our time to do battle. Uh, you know, our our grandfathers and fathers 
spent four years when they were little fighting a battle to give us this greatest opportunity to live the life that we've had. It's This is now the battle that we've been raised for. This is our generation's fight. Uh, and, and we have to step up whether we like it or not. And we have in Mark Hauk an awesome, awesome, what do you want to call him? General to fall behind. It's, uh, it's amazing that we have someone to hold up who's right in the firing line and uh, to both follow his example to support him when we can. It's, uh, it's an amazing thing. And make no mistake about it. This is coming to a neighborhood near you if we don't stand up right now. Brian, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we will start to pray right now that uh, your role as, as spokesman, at least for now, uh, still continues strong. Great. Thanks, John Henry. Pleasure. God bless you. And God bless all of you. We'll see you next time. Hi, everyone. This is John Henry Weston. We hope you enjoyed this video. And to see more like this, be sure to hit the subscribe button below to get all the latest content from LifeSite News. So check out our links in the description to read more, sign up for our newsletter, and connect with us on social media so that you can stay up to date with all of the latest life, family, and culture news. Thanks for watching, and may God bless you.